Hey everybody, welcome to the Spliff Podcast. I'm Bo Nellis, and this is episode 26, Unity Conference 2016. We're going to open up with stoner moments, which are things that uh, I want to clarify or that I should have said from previous episodes, uh, specifically the previous episode this time. Uh, just nothing too big, uh, but I had said that CARERS was an anagram, and it's not. It's an acronym. I used the wrong one, so I just want to throw that out there. An anagram is when you mix the letters up. So another thing that I needed to correct was Dr. Sulak's name. I said Sudak, and it's actually Dr. Sulak with an L, and I'm going to be talking a little bit more about him and his presentation, and his website, healer.com. So he really impressed me when he spoke. He said all the right things. And I know I had checked out his website before, but uh, I, I don't know. It's not necessarily for me, but I'm going to get to that in a little bit. And I think that completes the stoner moments from our fun time salad talk. Uh, if not, I'll talk about him at a later time. Right now, we are going to talk about Unity 16, which is Americans for Safe Accesses conference. Uh, And I know that there's a tagline to it. It has something to do with patient advocacy, and I don't remember it, and I didn't look it up before I started recording, but I couldn't procrastinate it any longer. So here we are. Um, And I just want to take a moment as a recipient of an ASA scholarship to thank Talana Latimer, who uh, is uh, one of the organizers uh, with ASA. And as a scholarship recipient, I work directly with her to find out what I need to do and when things happen. And, uh, And she is just such a classy lady. She really is. And Wow. Thank you. I just wanted to say thank you again, specifically to her. So thank you, Talana. Uh, and, and then I know I said it last time too, but Americans for Safe Access or ASA as they're known, though some people will say ASA, uh, is an amazing resource, uh, an organization for medical cannabis and getting it legalized and protecting patients who are actually trying to use it. And in doing so, they've provided incredible pathways for legalizing cannabis as a whole. And the Unity Conference at its end has a lobby day where we as citizens lobby our representatives for legislation that Americans for Safe Access is trying to get passed or or introduced or Wherever they are at, they kind of fill us in and they give us fact sheets and and we hand them off. Um, Currently, we were looking for more sponsors in order to get the CARES Act uh, passed through. And I think it's in Senate committee when I looked it up. But I know that my House representative signed on as a sponsor and that's some political stuff that I don't quite totally understand. They don't have... Uh, the schoolhouse rock I was like like too young for that but not quite old enough when it was all hipstery like I kind of know it I don't know anyway they inform us on what to do and we do it and I 
will totally trust them. They discuss a lot of the things that they're going through in the conferences that they give over the three days that you're there. So you're supposed to fly in on Friday and going there, I missed my flight. Oh, it was tragic. First time I've ever missed a flight. I just... I don't know. I'm used to flying, I guess, at six in the morning and I wasn't leaving until like eight in the morning and I totally misjudged traffic and I just fucked it up. But I ended up getting the next flight. It didn't cost me any more money. It actually ended up being totally legit and an okay experience after my emotional breakdown. But that's another story. I made it through. It wasn't that bad. I had to wait in line again. I can handle that. Uh, So... I missed the the reception that was there on Friday night. And on Saturday, it starts bright and early with breakfast and like 12 hours of conferencing. And I'm going to be honest, this time, this year, I didn't make all the conferences. I took some time out for me. I took some time to work out. I took time to medicate and to meet patients as I needed to. And, uh, and to not be sitting in a chair the whole time, but I also try to make as many conferences as I could. And the first day is one of the most exciting for sure. So Steph Shearer, who is the executive director of Americans for Safe Access, always opens it up with a speech and she's incredibly charismatic and really devoted to this cause. And it's always a great way to, to really ring the bell as it were. But the speaker who came after her, who uh, did the the keynote, I think I I got it recorded. His accent is pretty thick, but he tried really, really well. He speaks slowly, so that helps too. Lumir Hanush, who is somebody who you wouldn't be familiar with if I just said by name because I haven't told you his name and anything yet. But when I talked about the endocannabinoid system, There was certainly some reference to his work. He is one of the scientists who discovered endocannabinoids for the very first time and was able to prove their existence and named the very first one the anandamide. Uh, I think I said that right. I should have asked him how he said it. I, I, I did actually get a chance to to talk to him afterwards, to shake his hand, to thank him for his work. He has been working with cannabinoids in some form and with other scientists uh, since the 60s. And uh, he's Czechoslovakian, which uh, is where his accent is. So now you know that. If you didn't know where Lumir Hanush would actually be uh, from to begin with. And just he went through kind of a little history of cannabis and the research. And it was just a really great way to open it up. And then to actually get the opportunity to meet him afterwards, oh my god, we totally fangirled out on him, Uh, me and my friend. When we got a chance to meet him, he was passing by, and I totally, like, stuck my arm out and was like, hello, pleasure to meet you. And, uh, yeah, so, and he was just so, so welcoming and joyful, and and just, uh, he can talk your ear off, too. He can, he can do that. He'll sit and chat. He's, he's quite delightful. Uh, let's see what else happened after that. Oh, so then there was some future talk about rescheduling of cannabis and where we're at and where we see it going and, and some things to be aware of and look out for. 
I believe I also recorded that one too, uh, so that I could listen to it later. I haven't listened to it yet. Um, but it's a really great way to go into thinking about how to attack your own personal local jurisdiction, as well as support ASA in their movement and really counter what people are saying and, and to, to sound like you know what you're saying when uh, you, don't, you don't totally understand the difference between a building and Senate committee and your House representative sponsoring it, things like that. But I can tell you that the difference between cannabis being rescheduled to schedule two as opposed to being descheduled is significant and that is because of the second conference and one of those things is in schedule two it doesn't legalize it it doesn't open it up uh, as an ability to be a nutraceutical that can be shipped and commerced and and quasi regulated but not really regulated the way that vitamins are um it would actually open up scientific research, however, which is being stonewalled over and over again because as a Schedule One substance, cannabis is shown to have no medicinal value, and it's in this catch-22 of we want to prove medicinal value, but it has no medicinal value, so you can't prove it. And and it's just always, it's either the DEA or NIDA getting in the way, and it's just a, a huge pain in the ass. So rescheduling would take care of it, would kind of incrementally legalize it in a way that is much more savory to those who are opposed to legalization on the whole, while not by any means taking away patient rights in those states that it is already legal in. Descheduling it would kind of create this mass hysteria um, that that a lot of people aren't prepared for and I think states are going to outright prohibit it and things like that. So the re- it, it was kind of a, uh, a call for the Carers Act and, and supporting the rescheduling to Schedule 2 as opposed to the descheduling, but they also made a lot of really good points. And when you're playing politics, you're playing a very slow game of chess. And sometimes you only get to move your pawn a square, a couple pawns at a time and a couple squares at a time before you can really launch your offensive and take that queen out, right? So I trust that they know how to play political chess because they have been masters at it so far. And obviously, I learned a a lot about how to argue for rescheduling and the benefits of doing so and and feeling assured that it would still protect patient rights. So because that's very, very important, not just to me, but also to Americans for Safe Access. And so uh, that led very nicely into the next conference, which was about the control of legal production of cannabis for medical and scientific purposes. And they were able to bring a lot of international researchers onto the panel and discuss how they're doing this in different countries. And it was a really, really interesting uh, panel that I had to leave partway through. I uh, I went to go medicate, I believe, and to to meet and mingle with some other people and have some amazing experiences to introduce people to DHCA and see how it was working. I gave away a lot of the soothing soos and pills to see if people reported feeling high at all. 
to see if people reported feeling any improvement in pain and things like that. And I have to say across the board, people reported feeling a relief from pain in several circumstances from normal, moderate uh, joint pain to more severe chronic pain-like symptoms. Uh, I shouldn't say chronic pain-like, but actually dealing with chronic pain symptoms. I don't know what the actual cause of the chronic pain was, however. So uh, I can tell you that across the board, relief was reported back to me when it was reported back. And that was a pretty high percentage report return. Uh, So uh, I was doing that. And I came back for the extraction conference panel, uh, which, I mean, extracts as a dab head are really important to me to know where they're going with it and what they're talking about doing. Because the last time it was all about the CO2 and I'm stuck. It's, it's just not the way that it should go. And I have to say that some of it was about the CO2 this time too. One guy was just on video and I didn't agree with the things that he was saying and he wasn't going to be there to question and I got frustrated and I left. And that made me a little late to get back to Jeff Raber's presentation, but I still caught a really good portion of it. Now, if you aren't familiar or if you don't remember me bringing him up before, uh, Dr. Jeff Raber is a scientist and founder of the workshop, I should say co-founder of the workshop, uh, which is one of the laboratories that really spearheaded the research into terpenes and helped validate their significance in the medicating experience. And I've had some issues with some of his messaging about the use of CO2 and terpene refined concentrates uh, versus things like BHOs, which tend to be closer to the plant. And he's also saying that we need to maintain the integrity of this plant's medicine as strictly as possible. And I have to say, to my recollection at least, from what I witnessed... Uh, there was none of that back and forth. There was I didn't hear any discrepancies in his argument. I thought it was really well refined, uh, just like concentrates. Ooh, and uh, and I was really really impressed. So I can't say for sure that he didn't contradict himself again. But the parts that I saw and the parts that uh, I remember recording, I'll have to listen back to it. Of course, uh, I I I couldn't have been more pleased. There was another presenter who spoke after him who was really, I remember being very impressed by. And based on the booklet, his name is Christopher Hadala. I may have said that right. And I can't even remember what he said right now, but I think it was very much in line with along the lines of what I've been saying, which would make sense that I would probably have been impressed by it. Uh but I didn't get a chance to meet him because I lost my booklet that day and I couldn't remember his name and I could barely remember what he looked like. Not because I was so stoned, just because it's such an overwhelming experience. You meet so many people and you're impressed by so many speakers. It just gets really hard to, to tie them all down, at least for me, that just in my normal day to day. But I will be looking him up more. 
Christopher Hodola, and I'll, I'll put a link on the blog as well. If you aren't familiar with the website where I keep my blogs and from which I post my podcast, it is thespliffpodcast.com slash podcast. And if you're not familiar with the word spliff, that is S-P-L-I-F-F. So Sierra, Papa, Lima, India, Foxtrot, Foxtrot. And then podcast is with two T's, no D's. So P-O-T-C-A-S-T. That's Papa, Oscar, Tango, Charlie, Alpha, Sierra, Tango.com slash podcast. Just like we just did it before, but with an S. So I'll definitely have links to uh, a lot of the ASA material that I'm going to talk about, including just the ASA website itself as well as a lot of the people that I'm going to be talking about in this episode, which I really like doing because it actually provides me a really great resource for going back and finding the things that I like to use and talk about myself. I might be the only person utilizing my search bar on the website, but it's doing me a world of wonders. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. So the rest of the evening I spent getting to know patients and I didn't make it back to any conferences actually. Uh, I also went to bed super early because I was exhausted from missing my flight, flying in really late, then staying up late, getting to know patients and just being kind of on the wrong time schedule and then jet lagged and then uh, my roommate hadn't shown up yet so I had the room to myself and I was just kind of just moving things around and kind of tweaking out because I was like, oh, I can't totally go to sleep yet. And, and then I finally hit my vape pen and turned the TV off and then I was able to go to bed. Um, so I was exhausted. And after dinner, I medicated and met with patients and introduced some people to the Soothing Sue's Lotion uh, and as well as the Rub Me Right uh, went through the capsules, of course. And rolled a lot of joints, which was awesome, though my joint skills are totally not in place with uh, just even with the ActiTubes that I was using. My dab game, I'm just out of practice now in the rolling joint department, but I got a lot of practice over the weekend. And so meeting with patients smoking some joints, medicating, and then hitting the sack that first day. It was pretty incredible. The next day started bright and early, and it started with some pretty heavy science. Uh, There was a lot of science going on in the beginning of the next day. It was Next Generation Research and Innovations in Cannabis Patient Care. And it really went over a lot of of where medicine can go and and the way that, that science is looking at medicine and the way that uh, pharmaceutical industry, uh, both big and small, is looking at cannabis as medicine. Ways to innovatively use the whole plant as medicine in a way that is targeted and dosable Uh, and measurable, I should say, for patients to use, as well as uh, more inclusive ways to use 
whole foods and other plants along with cannabis uh, in order to fight chronic disease and ailments. Um, and I know I haven't recorded one scientist spoke specifically towards something, and I know he had talked about it in 2014 too. I believe he presented then, and I, it was it's a cancer fighter or cure or something like that that did not get funded, and I can't remember what it's called. So I will get that for you. I have to go through all of my audio. I mean, it's three days worth of audio still, and I'm still recovering from being gone. So. Um, I want to get you guys some good audio snippets. Unfortunately, it was on my phone and it was pretty busy, but I'm going to find some good stuff that I can share with you. I had mentioned Dr. Dustin Sulak earlier, and this is the panel on which he spoke. And he was really impressive, I have to say. He looks a little slick. His website, healer.com, looks a little slick and sales targeted, but at the same time, that is how you make money. And if you need a vote of confidence in order to get past that, I have to say that listening to him speak as a person, critically thinking and assessing what he had to say, and hopefully I have it recorded and I can get you some some good feedback on that. Um, his price of $25, I think it is, for three months in order to try it out is absolutely worth it if you are new to cannabis and want to start really slowly with a, a good doctor's advice because he is actually a medical professional. Me, I'm not. I'm a pothead who fell in love with weed. And, and uh, oh, I actually got a quote from someone at uh, the candy land of the candy store of facets or some shit like that. I don't remember what it was, but basically I look at cannabis as a whole as a candy store of interest. Oh, I think that's what it was, a candy store of interest. And um, and that's great. I'm a smart person. I can give you some uh, ideas and suggestions that a doctor probably wouldn't. Um, but if you're looking for a doctor that actually knows something about weed, he is one that you can access in all 50 states via healer.com. So I looked into, uh, I did get a free trial that he gave for ASA, uh, for the ASA conference. And some of it, it's not really for me at this moment in my life. It's more about how to scale back my use and use it more medicinally, which I've talked about. I know I'm going to have to do. I'm just not there yet. Uh, very much not there yet. And, uh, and, but when it, when it comes down to it, I'm hoping there's a way that it can be done without a tolerance break, quite frankly, because I don't feel that I should have to take a tolerance break, but I, I don't know. Well, maybe I'll feel different, differently about that at another time in my life. We'll see. We'll see. I don't feel differently about it right now. That's for damn sure. So if you are someone who doesn't want to be a pothead, however, and wants to actually find a good, consistent medicinal dose that will be therapeutic without being detrimental to the way that you need to be able to live your life, meaning it's not going to get you crazy high, then that's a good opportunity. 
Now, I missed some of the rest of it because after all of that, the full day before, the flights to D.C., a half a day of this conference, I had to get my ass into the fitness center and get on the treadmill and move. I had to. So I ended up missing some of that, but I grew as a person who learned how to take care of myself. And for that, I'm actually quite proud. Later on in the day is when we broke into the stakeholder meetings Uh, which was our opportunity to bring our own personal interest in being at the conference as a voice to ASA's WHO paper, for which I will have a link and for which you can look uh, for a significant number of clinical studies that you can pass on to friends who want to tell you that there hasn't been enough research done to know that cannabis is actually effective. Um, and, and, and you can say, actually, there have been quite a few number of studies. A lot of them have to be internationally. Oh, that was one thing I don't think that I, I talked about, too, was they did have a really good international panel on cannabis management and medicinal risk uh, and growing. I remember specifically because I believe it's the Dutch. Uh, they had uh, a presenter from the Netherlands who was talking about their particular medi- their medicinal program and they were able to get a consistent terpene profile. It has to be consistent before they send it out. And one of the the other conditions is that they don't have any buds that are larger than three centimeters, which is just over an inch for us Americans uh, who don't like looking at the other side of the ruler. And this was was brought up again by Kristen Nevidal. I think I said that name right, too. Uh, I said it a couple times now. Uh, Who who backed up outdoor grows um and I, I wanted to kind of go back because because after the fitness center before the stakeholder meetings i did make it into another conference where it, they overviewed quality assurance and medicinal cannabis and there was some disagreement in standards and practices um where Kristen agreed with the dutch that Three centimeters is a fantastic size for the nugs. The Dutch grow theirs indoors, whereas Kristen Nevidal is a an advocate of the outdoor grow because of things like pest management and uh, water usage, the inability to replicate sunlight wholly for a plant that is dependent on sunlight and and the quality of medicine that that you actually get out of a product that is grown outdoors and I didn't really have an argument or an opinion one way or the other but she really sold me on the outdoor grow Um, but understanding how the Dutch are getting these same terpene profiles and whether or not we can actually do that in conditions that aren't controllable-ish is something that I really want to know more about. So that was a really great panel as well. And then we moved into our stakeholder meetings where we talked about the WHO paper. I went in as a patient and patient advocate and uh, tried to look over some of the 
the uses basically that they were advocating for. And part of the problem that it might seem incomplete if you try to find your particular condition or a methodology for using cannabis is that this is reliant on scientific studies. So since scientific studies aren't really legal, there isn't a whole lot of them that we can rely on. And then their own methodology isn't really practical in the real world. Uh, you know, I was, I was talking about the panelists of, of uh, people who were working with pharmaceuticals and uh, the pharmaceutical industry and how there are ways to create consistent medicinal dosages for patients using the whole plant, uh, unfortunately, the scientists who are researching it really don't go about it that way. Not just because uh, they're stonewalled in getting the whole plant and they have to use a refined material, but because that's the way scientists like to think about it. That's the way they like to work things down. So working within those confines, we tried to see where we might be able to add more information uh, find grammatical mistakes or better ways of saying things uh, and 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 that basic function just try and and make a better material in the little bit of time that we had and for doing so actually just even for attending the conference our names got added to this document which is now going to be an historical monumental international document I'm super excited oh my goodness and so that day ended a little bit sooner, and the whole night was just spent getting to know patients and understanding what the difficulties are of being in a non-medical legal state or a non-recreationally legal state, of uh, finding out what patients with certain things are using in order to, 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 to treat themselves uh, in, in light of the fact that we have to self-treat and to network like a champ. I met so many incredible people over this weekend. And one of the things that I learned from, from an incredible person is that in Washington, D.C., it is legal to give weed away, but it is not legal to sell it. So I know a lot of places would get around and be like, oh, no, they only pay $300 for the bag. The weed inside it was free. But uh, these people really lived it. And one of them uh, was named Bishop. And he made edibles uh, and was giving those away. And they were tasty little treats that uh, I found quite delightful. And uh, gave me just a nice little, a little tint to my day, a little rose-colored tint, a little green-colored tint, I guess you could say. And and that was really nice. And getting to meet people like him, uh, getting to meet other people. I don't want to start throwing out too many names because uh, I don't want to forget anybody. And I don't want to leave anybody out. But there's so many credible people that I met. Uh, let's see here. Oh, it patient advocates finding out what patients are doing and and the way that they're motivating people and and how politicians and communities are responding to their advocacy is really incredible i know that i mentioned michael before uh, he's doing incredible stuff in arkansas i got to meet sarah schrader who was a patient activist of the year in 2014 through asa so the last year i went I remember her actually getting an award and I got to talk to her 
this year and and really get to know her a little bit better. And she is just a whole list of incredible accomplishments that she has done all while also raising a family and being a patient herself. I just I have it blows my mind how single people can do these amazing things and they just uh it, it's really inspiring. I need to remember it more when I'm doing my own thing. And and doing this really refills that energy and that's that spirit to do so. Uh, I got to meet people in the industry, people who are doing extracts themselves that I can ask them the questions that I'm dying to ask. Uh, let's see, like I met the CFO for o, uh, Open Vape, and uh, I tried to ask him a question, and uh, and he didn't have the answer, but he told me to follow up, which I did, and I still haven't heard anything back, but we'll see. But I am dying to know, in those cartridges specifically, are you really vaporizing THC? Or is it degrading into CBN? Because I'm, I have the feeling it's degrading into CBN. If there's heat applied, how do we really know which level we're, we're really hitting it at? And uh, normally, when we, if you use heat, you're activating it. And then if you apply more heat, you're degrading it. So where is that line? And do they really know? I have the feeling they don't. Um, but I also met other kind of extractors for BHOs and things like that that I still need to follow up with. I got to meet uh, uh, med school students who are excited and just really inspired by this new opportunity to to be a specialist in the endocannabinoid system and to push that knowledge and to bring it into schools. Uh, I think specifically they were at UCLA, which is very exciting to me because uh, maybe I can actually get to see them more often and, and get a little bit more of a scoop. And, you know, and they're interested in my opinion on, on, uh, what cannabis can do for medicine and uh, to be able to like talk to somebody about that and to have them come back and be like, whoa, wow, whoa, wow. And you're just like, man, you just blew my mind right now. Uh, It's a constant exchange of energy. And so I did that for the rest of the night. And uh, the next day, I actually didn't get to go to a lot of the conferences because I was going to the Longworth building. And uh, I think I said it right this time. I kept calling it the Longhorn building. Uh, And Sarah kept correcting me. So I think I got it right this time. I think it's the Longworth building. And uh, we got to meet with the staff member for Representative Brownlee and talk to her about the Carers Act and... She went and sponsored it. So that was amazing. But just so you know what to expect at something like this, should you want to go next year, they talked about CBD-only laws in the first panel. Um, They also talked about state laws across the nation, uh, a perspective from the patient's point. So it's a a whole panel of patients who are doing activism, uh, parent patients, Uh, people who are medicating for themselves, the kind of trials and tribulations and successes that the the things that they've done in order to be successful or the things that they are going to do in order to be successful in the future. And it's just a really inspiring panel to, to witness. 
You're going to have to bring your Kleenex for that one. That's definitely a tearjerker panel. There are a few tearjerker panels. Even the research one, you know, you have a bunch of doctors and you're talking about science, but there are people on the other end of those experiences. And sometimes they're not afraid to share that with you. And, uh, you know, you're trying not to cry yourself. And then you look up and you realize that every other person in that room is also trying or not trying to to hold back their tears and um, a lot of emotion in in a very short weekend, a very overwhelmingly short weekend. Uh, but so the ne- that day is generally spent prepping those who have come to be citizen lobbyists for the day ahead of them, which would be the Tuesday uh, to follow. And uh, I didn't get to some of it, and some of it I did. Later on in the the day, they actually had a couple of different workshop options that you could go to. So some of the lobbying panels that the previous time that I had gone to, I opted to not go to and to, to go see things like uh, the Open Guy talk and, and uh, rip off a bunch of free market research. It'll be an effort well put forth if uh, there's some scholarships for me and some friends next year, though. I'm hoping. I'm hoping. Uh, willing to put in some brainstorming for that. Certainly. Uh, yeah, and then so the next day, everybody goes and does their, their lobbying for their senators and their representatives. And because I had done my representative before, and unfortunately, I couldn't do the appointment with my senators because I was flying back, I couldn't go. But I, I think that the trip overall was successful. Certainly, I was very proud of our efforts. I was and uh, inspired by the people that I met and I am emboldened by the information that I am still letting soak in. So I don't know, some tips for next time that I want to leave down to remind myself. Uh, don't wait to meet people. I did not get a chance to actually speak with Dr. Raber. Uh, I, I tried, I didn't get to speak with him after his panel. Uh, I had to dart out really quickly And every other opportunity, he was either talking to somebody, I think one time he was on the phone, and I should have waited around because I didn't realize he had another conference to go to, and I was hoping to get to talk to him at the awards dinner, but I was asked out of luck on that one because he was already gone. So next year, I will make the most of it and seize those opportunities, and if I have to wait around for him before I can seize them... I absolutely will. Uh, let's see here. Oh, I'll, I'll bring my selfie stick. Uh, I don't use my selfie stick very much, but this would have been a really good opportunity to do so if for no other reason that I kept taking pictures of the, the slides that were being used in these presentations, and it would have been a real advantage point to get above the fray not to mention take pictures of all these amazing people that I'm meeting. So bring your selfie stick. I hope to give myself an extra day so that I can absolutely meet with my senators. Checkout is usually beforehand. So I'm really hoping to be able to fundraise enough money to afford a hotel room for one more night before I have to fly back so that I absolutely get a chance to tell Senator Feinstein's staffers 
why they need to help change her mind and maybe help give them an argument that might work to do it. Uh, it can work. It can work. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Uh, let's see here. Oh, right. I got to bring more weed. Um, because, okay, so it was two grams total. Oh, that was probably a stoner moment right there. I should have included. At first I said I only brought one gram, but I, I brought one gram to vape and then one gram for topical use. And I kind of forgot the topical use one. And I probably should have given that away to somebody before I went home because it's still totally dabbable material. And I know people need it, but I missed that one up. Uh, so also make sure you give it all away. Have an inventory and do a checkoff list. Ooh, that's a good tip for next time. Uh, let's see here. We've got to do some fundraising. Oh, and then... Uh, so one of the fun things is you're not supposed to smoke in your room and most people don't. Some people do. And then sometimes there's a room uh, with a balcony that uh, is perfect. It's a perfect opportunity to, to do a little mingling and not break any rules. So I happen to be on a balcony smoking uh, with a couple groups of people. So there was a, a couple joints going around, a couple pieces going around. And sometimes people like to roll with tobacco leaf, not necessarily a blunt, but just like a, like a bindi roll or something like that. And since I quit smoking, I don't generally smoke tobacco, but if it's just a blunt wrap... Uh, I'll smoke it to a point. If it's tobacco leaf, that it's a wrap, I'll smoke it to a point. Usually, if I can feel the nicotine in me, I get a little jacked up, and then I'm like, I'm done. I'm, I'm good. Thank you very much. And, uh, and I've been really great about that. And, uh, you know, getting all these different people together from different areas, you get to experience a lot of different weed that's out there and what people are smoking and, and things would come around and some you like and some you don't. And one came around to me that uh, it was wrapped, I think it was wrapped in tobacco leaf, I'm not sure, but I hit it and I was like, that's really, really interesting. Really, really interesting. Uh, it's not, it's not bad, but it's, it's different. It's different. And uh, as it was making its way back to me, somebody mentioned, oh, did you hit that spliff? I was like, spliff? What spliff? What do you mean a spliff? And I uh, guess I'm not really trying to smoke spliffs right now. i got to wait until I'm 65. Remember? Well, it turns out that I totally hit a spliff and I loved it and I didn't hit it again. But if I go back next year, I think I'll probably let myself take a nice hit of a spliff. It smoked so good, and I, was, and I didn't run out and go grab any cigarettes. I wasn't like, "Oh God, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta go start smoking now." You know, I think I, I think it's been enough time. I think I can trust myself to maybe smoke a spliff at Unity Seventeen next year. Not a whole thing, just a hit. Uh, it still gets my heart racing. It's no bueno, no bueno at all. All right, you guys, uh, I hope that I got you jazzed up for some of the incredible information and opportunities that the Unity Conference from Americans for Safe Access could bring to you. Uh, next year, I believe it is in the earliest part of April, maybe like the second week of April, I want to say. And if, if, if you can't make the Unity Conference yourself, 
but you really want to support the cause, you can actually donate to Americans for Safe Access. And I'm going to have a link on the blog so you could follow that. Or you could Google Americans for Safe Access. Or I think the website is americansforsafeaccess.org. And, and you could donate to them, and that would help further their their ability to make the preparations that they need to for a, a huge undertaking such as this, as well as be towards the scholarship coffer, which allows people like me and other activists and patients to mingle and learn and help create further change. Uh, and if you don't want to do that, you could always donate to me at patreon.com. That's P as in Paul, A-T-R-E-O-N.com. You're going to look for the Spliff podcast and you can make a donation to me. And I can promise you, especially if I know that you want me to use that for the Unity Conference, that it will go towards the Unity Conference because I'm going next year, baby. And I hope to have a little bit more money so I don't need as much of a scholarship, uh, but I'm probably still going to end up going on scholarship. And just the fact that they even have that opportunity. I mean, does it get any better than that, you guys? Man. All right. Let's safety going to be a little bit longer of a one. Oh, I still have a still have a tiny hit in here from my preparatory bowl. Smoking out of a bong right now. I was doing a lot of dabs and then I got a new personal vaporizer that I can't wait to talk to you guys about, but I think that's going to have to be next time. Right now, I am smoking on some super silver haze. Finally moved off the blue dream a little bit so I could give myself something a little bit more uppity, a little bit more daytimey. The Super Silver Haze is a really mellow sativa in the sense that it's not very anxiety inducing for most people. It's not super energetic. Uh, if you're one of those who, who likes the body enlivening experiences, a Super Silver Haze isn't necessarily going to do that for you. But it's a really great daytime, not overly anxious, but still get some work done. Sometimes it can be a little heavy-lidded, but a cup of coffee and, and you're good. And I definitely hit the coffee over the weekend, so I'm still drinking some right now. Finally got that Marijuana Today podcast mug filled with some coffee. Oh yeah, baby. So in this safety, I am going to answer a listener's question while we smoke some of this super silver haze and drink some coffee or tea or just smoke along or just keep driving or doing whatever you're doing. Just be you, boo. And thanks for kicking it for this long. All right. So the listener question is, what the fuck is going to happen if Chris Christie is actually attorney general? Uh, which seems to be a fear that that is going around, obviously, with Ben Carson's slip, that he was negotiating with Trump. Uh, obviously, Christie is a puppet. And he, I mean, this is no big surprise, right? He looked like a ginormous fucking tool when he stood behind Trump, uh, officially endorsing him. This should be no surprise to anybody. Uh, but here's the thing. I don't think that Christie's going to be attorney general because of a few reasons. One, I think Trump's just nature of negotiation 
Chris Christie isn't going to get that far in. I don't think that he has a card to play beyond the primary election. I don't think he has enough power, and I don't think that he's going to have enough of anything to offer when it actually comes time to nominate. If Trump actually does stick to uh, their negotiation and nominates him, I highly doubt he's going to get confirmed. And if I'm totally fucking batshit wrong about that, and he does get confirmed, I put my faith in ACE's ability to move Congress and an international audience forward. And, And I believe in their ability to continue to help patients' rights progress. Worst case scenario makes it a little difficult for people in an open, regulated market and encourages the black market once again, and a few people end up in jail, and hopefully, again, Americans for safe access, if you can make a donation, legal help is just one of the things that they try to be able to provide for people who really need it, Uh, and, and for for cases that can really set legal precedent to help all people and protect their rights to safe access across the board. Uh, Americans for Safe Access, you can donate. I think you can be a member for only $35 uh, for the year if you want to do that. It's really worth it. It just makes you feel good. It just makes you feel good. So I hope that answers your question. Basically, I ain't worried about it. I ain't worried about it at all. I think he's a tool. I'm sure he's going to fuck up something. If not with Trump, with the American system, and certainly the American people. Yeah, that's my hit on it. All right, you guys, it's been super fun. I hope you appreciate the longer episode. I hope that you understand what Unity 16 was a little bit better. And I know I still have a lot to digest in my brain and I try to write some notes down really quick. I think I got through them all. Oh, wait, just went back. I forgot to tell you guys about my experience with Rick Simpson oil. But you know what? I'm going to have a podcast specifically about Rick Simpson oil or Phoenix Tears, as it's also known. So we'll have to get to that at another time, you guys. This time, thanks for spliffing it. Ciao for now.